Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Off The Bench for Kubota. Diesel generators for serious backup power. And welcome to another big edition of Off The Bench. No, not Benny Jones. He's at the Commonwealth Games. Just myself, Nims Azor. The Sri Lankan Superman <laughs> staring at the legendary Scotty Sattler. How are you, Sats? How's things, mate? I'm great, Nims. Really good. Excited about the Commonwealth Games. It's been fantastic so far, the first couple of days of, of competition. And um, a great way to start the week also of uh, Rugby League with a, a team that finally got off, um, off their losing Yeah, you're streak, not wrong. Which is uh, the Canberra Raiders, of course. Now, you were actually at the game last night uh, yes. doing a cheeky bit of commentary there. And I've got to say... It was a it was a gallant effort there from uh, from Canberra. We'll get into that a little bit later on, but it was good to see them. Well, first off, it was good to see a crowd get there because it looked well, fantastic it, on telly. It did. Thursday night's a tough night because, of course, you've got school um, and also uh, just Friday with a with a full day of work for most people. A lot of people just tend to sit at home and watch it, and then you're in Canberra where it can go from 26 during the day down to about nine degrees in the space of three or four hours. So. Yeah, it was a good, healthy crowd, and that's the way the Raiders have always been, not only with their own fans, but with other rugby league fans. They've always expected the Canberra Raiders to come good at some stage, and when they do have a win, they do it in real emphatic style. They do it with, um, they do it with a lot of long-range tries, which we saw last night, and they're just a really entertaining side to watch, and that's what we saw last night in their first win. Mm, you're not wrong there, but uh, we'll touch on that in the Thursday night review. We've got another big game on tonight. You'll also be in the commentary box for that. Uh, we've got the Sharkies versus the Roosters and the Dragons versus the Rabbitohs. Let's start off with Cronulla because uh, they had an incredible win against the Melbourne Storm last week. And I say that biting my teeth because oh, being a Storm supporter, it wasn't nice seeing uh, the boys in purple on the back foot. Yeah, they got rattled a little bit last week. Usually you see the Melbourne Storm so composed in everything that they do, um, so controlled, and they hold their emotions in check, especially in the face of adversity. Well, the the Cronulla Sharks are one side that take you out of your comfort zone. They they drag you into trench warfare, and the longer that they can keep you there, the, the easier it is for them to take you out of your rhythm. And that's exactly what they did with the with the Storm last week. And you don't usually see the Storm get rattled that way. They they also got rattled in the 2016 Grand Final. Exactly same circumstances, dragged them into a a real arm wrestle and 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 lost that clash against the the Cronulla Sharks, these sides always, always have a close battle and it's always got a little bit of spite in it and it was no different last week. And then the Cronulla Sharks tonight up against the Roosters, we're covering that game mm-hmm. uh, live from Southern Cross Stadium. The Roosters are a little bit like the Storm Nims where they they tend to be composed in a lot of areas. I think they'll be a lot more composed with Cooper Cronk um, in their ranks. But they've also got a couple of loose cannons in their forward pack that if the Sharks start to get under their skin, can lose their cool quite easily. And that's Jared Warrior Hargraves and, and Dylan Napa. So I'm really looking forward to that tonight. Now, we know um, the Roosters were completely done over by the Warriors last yeah. week. But uh, look, look at look at the form of the Warriors now, I mean. I don't think anyone 
we, we say this all the time around the office that uh, if you pick, if you peg the Warriors for undefeated after the first month of uh, the season, you'd be sent off to the funny farm. But would you take too much away from their absolute hammering against the Warriors? No, uh, you take a lot away from it because it's not only that they were beaten by the Warriors, but the way they were beaten, 30 to 8, their forwards were physically beaten up by the Warriors' forwards. Usually the Warriors, when you play them, you, you, if you can hang with them till about the 60-minute mark, you can come home in a tidal wave over the top of them because you know, I think they lose all their focus. Uh, fitness has never been one of their greatest assets, and you, you end up winning the game in the final 10 to 15 minutes. But the way that they played, they could have played for a, three or four days last week, the Warriors, <laughs> and the way that they, they just manhandled the Roosters forward. So a 30 points to weight victory uh, for the Warriors against the Roosters, that's what you've got to take out of it from the Roosters. You've got to take out of it that, that we were humiliated. We were embarrassed in the forward pack. And we have to aim up if if our our big outside backs, the guys that scores the tr- score the tries, if they're going to work, you guys in the middle have got to win the fight, and that's what didn't happen last week. Mm, it's the Friday preview here for Seven Eleven. Be coffee clever at Seven Eleven. Good call. Let's have a look at the Dragons and the Rabbitohs because the Dragons have just had a dream start. We talk about the Warriors, but uh, the Dragons are the ones sitting on top of them at the moment, uh, unbeaten. But uh, this clash against against the Bunnies should be an interesting one to see. Well, it's going to be interesting because the Dragons, at the moment, they look really settled. They're in a really good routine. Their halves combination is just working perfectly. And the money that they've spent so far for Ben Hunt, he's earned every cent of it. And then they've got this amazing forward pack led by their, their two impressive front rowers. And they've got this young fullback who can score a try from you know, 100 metres away. So that's a dangerous side when you're looking at a side like that. And they come up against the, the Bunnies, who have got no Sam Burgess, who was ridiculously rubbed out for two weeks during the week. Um, let's not even talk about that. And they get Adam Reynolds back. And I know we're going to talk about the Raiders a little bit later on in the Thursday night um, preview, but mm-hmm. uh, review, I should say. But they were without Jack Whiten. So there's a great opportunity for someone to step into that role and, and control the game. And the man that we gave, well, I gave my man the match to, their fullback, Nick Kotrick, he did exactly that. He... He was fantastic for the Raiders when given the opportunity. Now, this is what presents the Rabbitohs, a really good opportunity to stand in for Sam Burgess and, and try and derail the, the momentum of, of the Dragons. The Rabbitohs did show a lot of fight against Can- uh, Canterbury on Good Friday. So I reckon that they've actually, you know, Burgess or not, I think they've got a good chance to... Uh, they're not far away, Nims. Yeah. They're, they're, even though they won last week in the final two or three minutes... They're not far away from putting together a real complete performance. There's just a couple of little areas they've got to tidy up on. Uh, missing Burgess is huge. His his work rate, his aggression in defence, his his uh, involvement in the attack with his offloads, they're going to miss that. So they're going to have to win it just through good old fashioned boring rugby league where you where you don't drop the ball, don't make mistakes, and kick the ball really early through Adam Reynolds and just try and keep turning the Dragons around and and really bore them into a win. And um, and that's the, that's the way that the, they can derail them. Look, it'll be an interesting one to see what happens tonight. And uh, look, we're just so lucky to have an absolute cracking start to the season. But uh, you are listening to Off the Bench. We do it for Kubota Diesel Generators, for serious backup power and first choice liquor for all your liquor needs. Time for a Saturday preview for 7-Eleven. Be coffee clever at 7-Eleven. Good call. The Melbourne Storm would like to extract a bit of revenge against the Tigers because uh, not only did they you know, embarrass him, quite frankly, because it was Billy Slater's 300th as well. They had, mm. The Storm had a whole bunch of reasons why they should have won that, but they didn't. Do you reckon they'll extract a bit of revenge against uh, the Tigers in New Zealand? 
Yeah, I think they will, but I don't think it's going to be what everyone thinks it's going to be. Yeah, when they embarrassed them, Nims, you, you're completely right. It was Billy Slater's 300th fantastic milestone for one of our greatest players ever. But they did it in Melbourne. They did it on their own home home turf, Melbourne's mm. home turf. To go down there and, and grind out a win the way they did and score a try in a couple of minutes to go to really seal the deal um, was in a really short short time of 2017, 2018, probably one of the most memorable victories so far, uh, to be up against the odds and, and win the way they did. They're well coached by Ivan Cleary. It won't be it won't be a revenge from the Melbourne Storm where you feel as though they'll put 20 or 30 points on them because them themselves, Melbourne, are still going through a, a real cleansing process. They're mm-hmm. going through a a, um, a, a, re, a, a, rede- a redevelopment and, and a new look the way they've got to play because they've got no Cooper Cronk. So it's still going to be a tight battle because this Tiger side is so good defensively that they were able to shut a lot of the, the Melbourne Storm's movements down. And, and all, the, all the games they've played this year, the Tigers, other than the one against the Brisbane Broncos, where defensively, again, they didn't allow a try. It was all one on goal kicks and field goals So, uh, by the Brisbane Broncos. So defensively, they're a side that you don't want to come up against in the early part of the season. And Melbourne getting twice in five weeks. Yeah, what's I up think with Melbourne, that? Yeah, I don't know. The Parramatta and Penrith are playing also, and they played each other in round one. So it's, it's, a weird, it's weird how the draw works out. This one's a tough one. I think Melbourne will win. Um, but they won't win it by much. I think it's going to be a really tight, tight battle. It's a double header, of course, also at Mount Smart Stadium uh, with the the Warriors also uh, also playing uh, against the Cowboys. Now I want to know. Earlier on in the week, we heard uh, the the ultimatum basically that Paul Green was given is either stay in or ship out. Basically, do you reckon all that hullabaloo and whatnot will affect uh, how the Cowboys play, or it's just background noise? Um, it's easy to say it's background noise, but if your coach and if all the reports are right, Nims, if the reports are right that that Coach Paul Green is only asking for a one-year extension, which which leaves him open to the market. If Wayne Bennett doesn't decide to to go further than 2019, well, then they'll be looking for a coach. And if he's on the market, he'll be the most in-demand coach. It's a smart move from Paul Green if he can get it. He's not going to get it because Lawrence Lancini, their, their chairman, is a very astute businessman, has been in... Uh, more volatile situations in a boardroom than this. Mm-hmm. And he's basically said, if you don't agree to our three-year deal, which is worth about nine hundred to 950000 a year for three years, well, if you can't commit to the club, we can't commit to you. Yes, it does play a huge part on the playing group because if the coach is seen as a person that doesn't see longevity at the club and putting all that extra time into the players, if they're there for the long term as well, a, a coach can lose respect. He's got a lot of respect up there, Paul Green, from fans and players and, Very much so. and officials. But it can it can really unsettle a playing group. That was our NRL previews for 7-Eleven. Delicious sandwiches, hot pastries and $1 coffee. 7-Eleven, a good call. Sats, it's time for a quick points bet update. And points bet introducing 20-point payout on NRL games all season. Andrew from points bet joins us. How are you, Andrew? It's been a pretty interesting start to the round. Yeah, yeah, really well, uh, really well. It's a, it's a great round of games, actually. A lot of even ones. There's been um, a lot of money for some teams that we'll talk about as well. But, uh, yeah, very excited. You know, I lost last night. I heard that Jack Whiten was out, even though the Raiders were the favourites. I changed my bet to the Bulldogs, Andrew. So I've, I'm 0-1 from, uh, from the first round. Now, the one we want to focus on, 
probably is one of the, the great rivals and played some great grand finals over the years, especially in the uh, 65 grand final, the 71 grand final, the South and the Dragons. Now, they've been methodical, haven't they, in the first four rounds of Dragons? They've played up-tempo. They've got a, a great forward pack that's really decimating everything in front of them, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, Vaughan, he's been unbelievable, and James Graham as well. They're big um, big players for the Saints this year, and you can't you can't win unless your forwards are going forward. So uh, yeah, they've been they've been the backbone behind it all. How have they? How have you placed both these teams in the head-to-head market? Yeah, so Saints were a dollar forty earlier in the week. They've been smashed in betting. They're into a dollar thirty-three now. So um, it's been one-way traffic. We've had ten times the amount of money on the Saints to, to what we've held on um, Souths already. All that money came once Burgess, you know, as soon as the news came that Burgess wasn't playing. Uh, you know, Reynolds is a big inclusion, though, and uh, the positive for South, they've won then nine of their last 11 against the Saints. But, uh, yeah, all the money's with the with the Dragons. As you mentioned before, their attack, they're, they're averaging 34 points a game, conceding just 12. They look they look awesome. Um, the other thing in their, their favour, um, when looking at the betting markets as well, um, They've won 11 of their last 14 uh, at the line when, when at Cogra, and also in night games as well. Seven of their last eight nine uh, night games at Cogra, they've covered the line. So the line's 9.5 points in this one, and history suggests that they'll, uh, they'll cover that. Always found a tough ground to win at Cogra Oval. Just such steeped in such great history. Always get a, a really good crowd there. Now, at the start of the season, Andrew, many wouldn't have thought the Dragons would have played a huge role in, in the premiership market. After four rounds, has that changed considerably? Yeah, so you're right. They were $26 at the start of the season. Um, they're into $7 at the moment. So they're third favourite still um, behind the Roosters and the Storm. So Roosters are at 550 Storm at $6. And then you've got Saints as the clear third favourites at $7. So um, been very, very well backed as well. So, um, yeah, a lot of confidence there. Now, you said Burgess out, which affects the odds. Reynolds back in. Now, me and myself, I think he'll take a lot of early goal kicking tonight and, and rack up a few points in the first half. So I want to try and get something on Rabbit's half-time lead, Dragon's full-time win. What can I get for that? Okay. So you think uh, South will come out of the blocks uh, early? Yeah, so that, you can get $7.50 about that. So South leading at half-time and the Dragons winning at full-time. So pretty pretty juicy price there, right? if you get it right. Now, another game uh, over the weekend, the doubleheader at Mount Smart Stadium. The Warriors up against the North Queensland Cowboys. Now, the Cowboys looked so lethargic last week, and their two key players in Thurston and Scott still coming back from, from long layoffs, from injuries. But they're probably a team you don't want to face at the moment, the Warriors, especially at home. What about this one? I would expect the Warriors to be short price favourites. Yeah, no, they're, they're actually not short price favourites. So... They were slight outsiders when we opened market, so they were $1.95. We took a bet of 5000 on them, actually, at $1.95. Right now, they're $1.80. So there has been... Punters are thinking the same as you. Punters think that they they should be favourites, but, I mean, they're still $1.80, and it's $2.05 for North Queensland. So it's a pretty even betting affair. I mean, if you think that they should be that sort of cross favourites, that's uh, there's a bit of value for, there, that for you there, uh, Sat. So, um, yeah, the, the interesting thing, though, with the Warriors, they're very, very disappointing um, at home, typically. So, I, I was talking about line betting before, but if, if you back them at the line, they've won only three of their last 15 um, at the line at Mount Spark. So, 
um, they actually don't perform as well as you'd hope they would at home. What about the Warriors, much like the Dragons? Is, is everyone just waiting for them to fall over? They're a little bit different to the Dragons when it comes to premiership market, or is there a lot of faith in the Warriors that they can do this for the remainder of the season? No, not not like the Dragons. I mean, they've obviously firmed considerably in betting, um, but it hasn't been like the Dragons being backed in. I think you still get $13 about the Warriors, so um, not the same level of confidence as, as it has been with the Dragons, who so just look um, another level with their, with their attack. Um, so... Yeah, there's still a bit of value there for the Warriors if you like them. Now, I'm going to part of my multi this weekend. I've given you one of them already. Rabbitohs half-time lead, Dragons full-time. My next leg will be the Warriors to beat the Cowboys 13-plus. What would I get for that, Andrew? 13-plus, $4.50 at the moment. So if you could com- combine that, seven fifty and four fifty, you'd be getting you know, over 30 to 1 for, uh, for that multi there. So, um, yeah, it'd be pretty... Uh, Pretty juicy collect if you can get that one right. I actually only found out what a multi was yesterday, so that's had to explain it to me, Andrew. So uh, <laughs> we'll be, we'll be giving... Such a popular way to bet on uh, rugby league, especially. <laughs> well, I learned that very quickly yesterday. But, uh, hey, mate, it's always a pleasure to chat to you, Andrew. And make sure uh, Points Bet introducing 20-point payout on NRL games all season. We'll chat to you next week, mate. See you later. Thank you. Welcome back to Off the Bench. Scott Sattler and Nims is all with you. I'm filling in for Benny Jones while he's at the Commonwealth Games. And we are powered by Kubota. Kubota diesel generators for series backup power and first choice liquor. Let's do the Thursday night review. We've had a look at uh, most of the games of the round uh, looking ahead, but let's look at the thing that started it all off with Canberra finally getting a win after, let's just say, in round four, Ricky Stewart wasn't too happy with his side. No, well, in the post-match press conference, as we know, he labelled them soft. Uh, we'd like to think that, that Ricky had also said that to his team in a closed confines. I'm pretty sure that Ricky would be the sort of guy that would do that and he wouldn't go out rogue and, and embarrass his side. But as we've t- spoken about during the week, Nims, being told by your coach publicly that you're soft is like your dad saying to you that he's disappointed in you. <laughs> and it's really embarrassing. It's it's thoroughly embarrassing when your integrity is being questioned as a rugby league player on the field. And it's like a slap in the face and it's exactly what they needed because he's he has taken a lot of the blame off his players and tried to reflect it back onto himself. And you can only do that for so long before it starts to wear thin. Um, And to to see him go through a range of emotions in 80 minutes with their victory last night over the Bulldogs, he just was an emotional rollercoaster sitting on the sideline, exposing to everyone just his, uh, all his emotions. I I liked it. It's, It's really good to see. I don't know what it does to his playing group, seeing the, the coach sitting amongst them going through those range of emotions when you're trying to tell your players to be composed and and be controlled in every situation. But um, his excitement was only matched by the effort of his of his players. Uh, they showed signs that they could continue in this form last night. They scored tries close in close range. They scored some tries from long range as well. They showed hunger. They showed a lot of en- energy. Best part about it is they're really simple. Simplicity was the answer for them, and they stayed composed as well. And they were faced with at the at the final moment of of game day, Jack Whiten's wife giving birth at three o'clock in the morning on game day, and, mm. and making the decision that he's not going to be prepared well enough to play. So in comes young nineteen-year-old Nick Cotrick, usually a winger, steps into the fullback position, and seizes the moment, and was our man of the match last night. Uh, an amazing performance by the Raiders. On the flip side of that, the Bulldogs, 
before the game last night, I was saying they're not far away. You know, they're they're not far away from stringing a few a few wins together. But last night they went back two more paces. They look like they can't score tries. Mm. They're in a bad place, the Bulldogs, after that uh, that defeat last night to the Raiders. I was going to ask you because I know that the Raiders were the odds-on favourite going into the game, but uh, a twenty-six to ten win. It's pretty lopsided there. Do you reckon that Canterbury were just wrong place, wrong time? Because Canberra did have to rally, especially after what Ricky said earlier during the week. And do you reckon the Bulldogs were just in the in the crosshairs? Well, they had to rally because they they lost two players. Michael Oldfield, their winger, was knocked out, and then uh, Anna Hingano, who had only just come on the on the field, a replacement hooker, he got knocked out in his first involvement. So they basically played the rest of the game with fifteen players, and you. you Dealing with a side here that their average weight of their forward pack uh, individually is about 110, 112 kilos. So a big forward pack who don't have time on their hands and don't have time on the sideline to, to recuperate. So they were asked to dig deep last night. And their coach, and this all goes back to seven days previous about being called soft. It's They had to dig deep. He he asked them of something that to take them out of their comfort zone. And they would have been in their in an uncomfortable place throughout that second half, those big men for the Raiders, but they dug deep. They displayed a, a hunger and a toughness that we haven't seen from the Raiders in the first four rounds. And they answered everyone's critics, especially they answered the biggest critic, which is which is of yourself. Mm. And to to go through that, that pain barrier last night and come through the other side with, like you said, Nims, not a... Not a not a, a win that was twelve ten or one through golden point. It was it was a convincing win, twenty six points to ten. And there were times during that game last night when they were out on their feet, and there were players being there last night live and seeing the, the body language of some of their players. In the past, they would drop their head, and their shoulders would slump, and they'd look for an easy way out. Last night, their body language was bad. They were tired, and then all of a sudden, in the space of two or three tackles, they'd rise to the occasion and score a try and put the game beyond doubt. So it was really promising signs for the Raiders. I just thought that uh, Ricky Stewart was going to have an aneurysm. Did you see him on the bloody oh. sidelines? He was going off. I love it. I, I really do like it. I like it as a spectator. I don't, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure what it would be like as a player when you've got a coach that's sitting alongside you and he's, he's at the highs of his emotions celebrating and all of a sudden he's, he's wanting to... He's wanting to throw a chair into the <laughs> into the side of the grandstand, you know. So, um, like I said, you've got you, when you're a coach, you tell your players to be composed and and try and show control. And when the coach himself sometimes can't do it in when times aren't going that great, that's when he needs to be in the coach's box. But last night, because they were winning, it was great viewing. Great viewing. You are listening to Off the Bench. We do it for Kubota. Kubota diesel generators for serious backup power and first choice liquor. Righto, it is time for the Great Debate. The Great Debate for Kubota. Need a reliable, dependable diesel engine? Whatever the application, make sure it's powered by Kubota. And Kubota diesel generators provide reliable, constant backup power you need when you need it. The big talking point uh, throughout the week in terms of cricket was um, whether or not the guys would appeal. I mean, Steve Smith, 12 months. David Warner, 12 months. Cameron Bancroft, nine. And it came out yesterday, even though there was some conjecture that David Warner might challenge, but all of them are going to accept their uh, suspensions. Well, we've got to remember here, Nims, that when the 12-month suspension and also the nine-month suspensions were broadcast, it actually, that wasn't handed down to them. We've got to remember that they were actually offered to the players Mm -hmm. and they had to then go and seek legal advice or 
their their other halves or whatever it may be and, and decide whether they accept them. And this is where a lot of this has got mixed up. A lot of people thought they were given those sentences. They either had to accept them or not accept them. If they didn't accept them, it would then go to a tribunal hearing. They could get further. They could get 18 months, two years. Or if they fought it, they might get six months if their argument was one that that um, that fell in their favour. So to, to see that they've accepted them, I still always believe that the 12 months and nine months is way too much. Oh, agreed, 100% there. But since they've offered it and, and it's been accepted by all three players now, um, we've just got to move on now and just look for the next chapter of Australian cricket. And when these guys, and if these guys, I think Bancroft and Smith will, I don't think Warner will play in a bag of green again. I think he'll just become a, a gun for hire around yeah. the IPLs. Um, and good on him as well if he's going to earn the money. Um, but Smith, I think, will see as an Australian skipper again, which I think he deserves. Bancroft is still in his infancy as mm-hmm. a player. We've got to remember that David Warner also did need Nims. He laid low for a while. He actually didn't. He didn't come out with his press conference till till after Smith and after Bancroft. Mm. And from a PR point of view, that would have been the advice given to him. And then when it comes down to accepting his his ban as well. Uh, from Cricket Australia, he sat back and waited to see what Smith and Bancroft have done also. Whether they were in discussions themselves about who was going to announce first or, or they may not have been talking to each other at all. Or maybe he may have been the outcast because he took himself out of the WhatsApp group yeah. from the Australian <laughs> cricket <laughs> side. That's like a slap. That's a modern day slap in the face <laughs> taking you out of the WhatsApp group. That was the great debate for Kubota. Kubota diesel generators for serious backup power. Uh, we've got the hot topic. That's coming up next. Welcome back to Off the Bench. Scotty Sattler and Nims is all with you. We do it for our friends at First Choice Liquor. And it's time for the hot topic and the Commonwealth Games. It started off with a bang. Australia did fantastically in the pool on day one. Uh, we got a couple of medals too. It's nice to see. What about the world record in the pool, but also the world record in the cycling, the men's cycling as well? Mm. It has been great uh, viewing. We, we just dominate the Commonwealth Games, which is always a good thing to see. It was a bit of a sour note, though, because earlier in the week, Sally Pearson, um, she had to pull out of the Commonwealth Games due to her dodgy Achilles. Yeah, it's heart-wrenching, isn't it? Um, Heart-wrenching for her because, of course, she missed the Rio Olympics with a hamstring injury after trying to defend her her gold medal in... What was was the last one? Well, what was the Olympics when she won the, in oh, the Olympics? Oh, the, the gold one. Uh, let, let's do a cheeky little bit of research. She won gold in 2012 in London. She won silver. London, and then obviously, and then last one, your last two years, uh, Rio two years ago, I should say, she had to pull out. Yeah, with the dodgy so hammy. It's, it's heart-wrenching, like I said, but more heart-wrenching that's in her hometown of the Gold Coast. And her delivering the baton mm-hmm. to Prince Charles in the opening ceremony and... When she actually broke into a little bit of a trot across the across the sand, you thought, oh, the Achilles tendon must be right because she wouldn't be subjecting herself to this if if there was anything wrong with the Achilles. But we then learn about twelve hours later that she's had to pull out. Um, it looked as though at one stage, yeah, she was she was fine. Um, all well, the she feedback said she we were getting, fine. everyone said yeah. it was like she's good to go. She's ninety percent. She's all set. But she did one training session. I guess when you you know get onto the track, I mean. She's probably gone for a cheeky little sprint and then sort of gone, hang on a second, something's not right here. An Achilles tendon injury, um, and take a tear out of it, but just if you get any sort of tendonitis in the Achilles tendon, it is excruciating pain, and it's constant throbbing pain. And and yes, you can can do something from a rehabilitation point of view or a prehabilitation point of view to to numb the pain and and get through it. And that may mean a needle, whatever it may be, but then Mm -hmm. it weakens... It weakens that part of the body when you get too much too much pain killing 
Um, and then you've got the Olympics in two years' time, which she has said, and she's pledged that she wants to go and try and win another gold medal. So when you wrap all up in a parcel, you can understand why she would pull out of the Commonwealth Games because if she's in fear of rupturing her Achilles tendon, well, then she's definitely finished. Mm. She'll never run again. So she has to keep in mind that in two years' time there is an Olympic Games and that has, has to be the priority. Is she being realistic, though? Is, is this a case? Because let's face it, I mean... It's hard to sort of uh, get that competitive spirit out of you. You always want to go 100%. You always want to give everything that's left in the tank. But uh, I know 2020 is still a far way away, but she had to pull out of the Olympics, had to pull out of the Com Games. I mean, when she pulled out of the Rio Olympics, I remember her at the press conference and stuff going and saying, no, I'll work towards the Com Games, it's my home games, blah, 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 all this and all that. Will we be seeing this again in 2020, her going, oh, look, wasn't up for, well the body wasn't up for it because she has has had a stellar career she has silver medalist gold medalist uh, world champion world as champion, well just yeah. an amazing amazing athlete and yes i think this needs the priority if she is to run in two years time i think it's it has to be um unfortunately at the hands of the commonwealth games in her hometown that's that suffers now nims if you want to break two years to the next olympics break that down into a week as a rugby league player, for example, as the analogy, mm-hmm. the younger you are, the more you train through pain and, and you just recover because you're young and yeah. you're enthusiastic. Yeah, and you push through it, yeah. Uh, absolutely. And you do that as a young athlete as well. If you're working towards an Olympics, you think, yeah, well, I'll recover okay. I'll, my training will be, be wrapped around at my recovery, so I'll be okay. But as you get older, as an athlete and as a rugby league player, as a rugby league player from week to week, if you get little niggling injuries and it's going to stop you from playing to your best a week later, seven days later, you may not train until Thursday or Friday just so you're right for game day. Now, let's break that into two years. If she ran at the Commonwealth Games and she ruptures her Achilles tendon, she doesn't run again mm. at competitive level. She just reti- announces her retirement straight away. So she has to sacrifice you know, the, the next 14 days but also the next six months to a year to ensure that she prepares right for two years Tokyo. So, you know what, I I feel sorry for the girl um, and I uh, I just hope that she gets her body back in full tune to to be competitive for, for Tokyo. Yeah, yeah, 100% there. So you could tell at the press conference yes, um, uh, that she was oh, just absolutely gutted. Just shattering, just shattering it was. You know, to, to go from such a high and no, she would have known, she would have known at the opening ceremony giving that baton over is such a high, such a great adrenaline for, uh, moment for her. Mm-hmm. But knowing in the back of her mind that in 12 hours' time she's going to announce that she's actually not going to play no part. Yeah. You, know, it's a, you go from the, the penthouse to the outhouse in, <laughs> in the space of a, a blink. Yeah, very much so. But uh, look, hopefully we'll see uh, Sally back on, back on the track in 2020. I, I hope that she does like the, uh, the Roger Federer thing where instead of going to all those, you know, tiny little meets in, like, Manchester and all that sort of stuff, she just sticks to the big ones. But, uh, look, I'm not an mm. athlete. That's the thing. I don't have that competitive edge of me. Unless, of course, it's uh, playing for Sri Lanka. Don't but... sell yourself short, Nims. <laughs> yes. You were uh, fantastic at silly mid-off, you were. <laughs> Reflexes like a cat. Yeah. And I've, you've never seen someone run from one end of fine leg to another uh, during the change of overs like I did. But uh, <laughs> that was the hot topic. This is Off the Bench. For Kubota, we're powered by Kubota. Kubota diesel generators for serious backup power and first choice liquor. Let's have a quick look at the driver's seat preview. The driver's seat preview for Kubota construction equipment. The masters of engineering.
Now, last week on the driver's seat, uh, Steve Johnson was racing in the Bathurst six hours over the Easter long weekend. And after a frantic final 15 minutes, he dropped the third spot, but he still brought home some silverware. But before the race, we did ask him on the show what he loved about racing at Bathurst. Now, if people don't quite realise... Uh, the 12-hour race at Bathurst, the one that happens in February, th- th- uh, that used to be a, what we call a production car race. And what we mean by production cars is basically that. Cars that have come off the production line, Nimsy, mm. that you bolt a cage in, you, you maybe put some suspension in and you go racing. So when I raced it uh, you know, back five or six years ago, it was... It was things like Lancers against Subarus, against Ford Falcons and Holden Commodores and all that sort of stuff. And then there was a change in the rules, which brought GT cars in. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, those cars, uh, the production cars racing up against you know, AMG GT3s and Ferrari 458s and 488s and all that sort of stuff, it just became too difficult yeah. because the closing speeds were just so large. So what they've done now on our Easter weekend is essentially a, a, a cut-down version and it's now the Bathurst 6-hour, high-tech oils Bathurst 6-hour. But that now, uh, like when Stevie J and when Stevie and, I, Jay, uh, Stevie J and I raced against each other in the 12-hour, mm. uh, the, the entry level Stevie were maybe, you know, 25, 30 cars. Now they've done this 6-hour yep. for production cars and you've got a grid of about 58 cars. That's ridiculous. But you know, the old days of where you could see the cars, I mean, luckily we've got a rolling start, but... Uh, the old days of where you see back years and years ago with uh, you know with the old man back in in the early 80s where you've got the car starting at the front of the grid and at the back of the grid you've got the other class car like the two leader cars like the Peter Williamsons back there yep. they're actually around the corner around Murray's corner heading back up Conrod Strait the field is that big it's it's unbelievable it's really really cool and uh, and to be able to get back in and and race just an essentially a production based car which you can buy on the showroom floor, which which is what I think is missing in, in this era of, of racing. Um, I reckon it's fantastic. And, and for us to get back in it, it's a lot of fun. Uh, there's some great people here. We're up against some pretty cool cars. Like we've got BMW M3s, we've got M4s, we've got Evos, obviously our AMG uh, A45. Uh, we've also got Chas Mossett there, there in the RS Focus. So there's mm-hmm. some really cool cars here. And uh, uh, to be honest, it's going to be a very close race and it's going to come down to strategy, which is really, really cool. Yeah, Steve's back in action again this weekend. And the Tire Power Tasmania Super Sprint at Simmons Plain. Um, uh, that'll be in the second round of the TCM, the Touring Car Masters, where he's defending his crown. And on the show this week, Will Davison joins us as well. He gives his thoughts on his return to Tassie after that horrible 12-car crash last year that wiped out half the field. But you can catch the latest steps of the driver's seat this weekend or online via Facebook where you can track down the podcast at Driver's Seat Show. You can join the conversation on Facebook and Twitter too. This is Off The Bench with Sats and Nims. Uh, head to our uh, socials, Off The Bench Crew. We are back with Off The Bench. We do it for Kubota. Kubota diesel generators provide reliable, constant backup power you need when you need it and first choice liquor. Uh, it's time for some footy tips for the rest of round three. Now, Sats, we did see, oh, I wouldn't call it an upset, but uh, Raiders obviously getting the big tick. Let's have a look at tonight's game. Friday, Sharks and Roosters and the Dragons v Rabbitohs. What do you think? Oh, a Tough weekend of tipping. Um, I'm going to take the Roosters. And even though it's at the Sharks' home ground, I just think, again, I think if if the Sharks try and drag... I think they'll use last week as an example, the Roosters. I think they'll say to themselves, listen, they're going to try and drag us down and they're going to expect us to try and go toe-to-toe with them. We're not going to do that. We're not going to get caught up in any of that. We're going to keep our composure. 
We're going to stay focused, and Cooper Cronk will be the man that will try and steer them in the right direction and keep them away from all that, all that uh, that style of play that mm-hmm. the Sharks love to play. That real arm wrestle style of rugby league. So I'm going to say the Roosters in a very close one. Um, I mean, of course, we've got the Dragons versus the Rabbitohs as well. I just think without Burgess, I, I think the Rabbitohs, like I said, I'm going to have a, a bet on half-time lead from the Rabbitohs, purely on based on goal-kicking accuracy and full-time by the Dragons. So I think the Dragons will get up. Mm. I'll tell you what, what a way to kick off a weekend. A Saturday a double header in New Zealand. It sounds like a lot of fun there. You can head down to Dunedin if you want, oh, or up to Dunedin. Well, this, will be a, this will be a festival... <laughs> type atmosphere uh, at Mount Smart Stadium because you've got the Tigers versus the Storm. It's a Tigers home game. They've taken the Storm game over because the Melbourne fans really don't travel. There's not a lot of Melbourne fans in Sydney. So mm-hmm. to go over to the Warriors, which will be a sellout, you would think, on the back of their form. I reckon and the Tigers and the, the Tigers and the Storm have a lot of New Zealand players also in their sides. So I think the Storm will reap revenge on the Tigers from round two. And then we've got the next game on the on the same card, which is the Warriors that are hosting the Cowboys. Now the Cowboys were awful last week. They just um, their timing is out, their rhythm is off. They look like they've aged in uh, over the preseason. Um, and it's JT's last year. He wants to go out with a bang. And at the moment, they just can't find that extra level of energy to to take them to the to the next stage. So I'm going to say the Warriors. I'm going to say by 13 plus. Oh, there we go. That'll be an interesting one. What about the Knights v Broncos? The Broncos yeah, have been one. in the news a fair bit with uh, with Kevy Boy walking out. Uh, yeah, the Broncos are struggling. Yeah, they're struggling to score points. The Bronx Nims, um, but the Knights. Well, they've got enough. Well, they've lost Tautai Monga, unfortunately, to his fourth anterior cruciate ligament injury to his other leg. He's had three on the other knee. Um, he's going to be a huge loss to the Knights. But when they've got this kid called Kalen Ponger and the halfback like Mitchell Pierce. Um, they're always going to be able to create points. I, I just think they're going to have too many points in them against the Broncos. I think they'll win because the Broncos at the moment, they're, they're not settled in the halves. Uh, there's not enough opportunities being created and their forward pack's being dominated. So I think the Knights will win. Yeah, and let's have a look at Sunday's game. Titans and Seagulls taking, and plus the Eels versus the Panthers. Titans are playing the Seagulls in Gladstone, which is in central Queensland. Mm-hmm. Um it's a uh, it's a rugby league loving town. Um, there's a lot of cowboys up there, and I think after the game would be a real eye opener for a lot of these players who have never <laughs> been to Gladstone before. Um, the Seagulls without Tom Travojevic, they're without uh, Fleti Tanganoa, and also Curtis Sirinen. The the last two, the final two, Sirinen and Tanganoa are out for the rest of the season. Travojevic probably two to three weeks. It's going to hurt them. Travojevic he'll either score one and and create two, which takes a lot of points off your scoreboard. I like what the Titans did last week, and I think the Titans can spring an upset and go two from two. What about the Eels versus the Penny Panthers? Yeah, this yeah. one's a pretty. This is an easy one. I mean, I don't see Penrith uh, going down to the Eels. Well, always hotly contested this one because they just hate each other so much. It's one of the great rivalries, the Battle of the West. They met each other in round one. Of course, the Eels were leading fourteen nil, only to be lapped by the Panthers um, and the way the Panthers played last week they sent a huge warning to the rest of the competition they're here to play while Nathan Cleary is out James Maloney's handed the halfback position beautifully and their forwards were just aggressive and um, showed a lot of energy got up in the face of the Cowboys last week and I think they'll do that to the Eels the Eels are struggling at the moment they just I'm hearing reports 
that the players are exhausted, they're fatigued, and they were that way before round one mm. just due to their workload uh, on the training paddock. So something's got to give there, and um, I think it's going to give very, very soon. I think we'll see a lot more come out of the Parramatta camp very soon, and this will be on the back of a, a Panthers victory. Yeah, it's uh, you'd be pretty hard pressed. I'd be I'd be very very surprised if the Eels get the chocolates this time round. Well, but, I picked uh, them to be the premiers, Nim. So how do you reckon <laughs> I'm going? Yeah, mm. yeah. I love that you still keep bringing that one up. But uh, yeah. hey, look, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. It's been a great round so far. Uh, it's been an, it's just a super month of rugby uh, for. To yeah, it's start been on. awesome. It's been fantastic. The form of the teams that we we least expect to be at the top of the table, like the Warriors and the Dragons. And the West Tigers just just says that there's you know there's hope for every team. You know, it's mm. a, once upon a time if you finished outside of the eight, you'd usually spend the next two or three years outside of the eight. But it looks as though that the competition, just through really good coaching and and good recruitment from from some clubs, has the ability to to pull them out of the uh, out of the doldrums. Yeah. You're not wrong there. Definitely makes things interesting. But uh, that was our footy tips. And this has been Off the Bench, powered by Kubota and First Choice Liquor. For all your liquor needs, we'll catch you the same time next week. Sats, you have a great weekend. You too, Nims.